So this morning we're starting a brand new series called uh, Living Free. And for the rest of the month, we're going to be talking about, how many of you think that's a, like the idea of living free? And so every Sunday this month, we're going to be talking about living free. And then on the last part of the, the month, we're going to do a freedom encounter like we did last year. And we're going to do it on the tail end of the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, I love the idea of that because how many of you know whenever you pray and fast, there's an anointing that's released there and uh, things that wouldn't break in your life before are broken. So I'm looking forward to an incredible Freedom Weekend at the end of January. I think it's the 25th, maybe, 25th and 26th. And so, um, and so, but... Starting tomorrow morning, we're going to start 21 days of prayer and fasting. And every evening, we're going to have a prayer meeting. And uh, we're going to come together to pray. And obviously, you don't, um, you don't have to come here to pray, but I encourage you to come and join us. You encourage me when you show up here to pray. And I don't feel like I'm trying to get the job done by myself, right, Pastor Brandon? And the rest of the staff feels the same way. And obviously, you can just, you know... Brother Francis used to say, turn off the stove. Turn off the stove, turn off the TV. Now in our case, get off of Facebook, social media. That That's probably a greater fast for some of us than not eating McDonald's, right? But uh, I just want to encourage you. Let's Come on, let's push in and pursue God, amen? Let's go after God. And so uh, we're believing that. So every night... Uh, every Monday through Saturday, we're going to be having a prayer meeting here. So I encourage you to come out, seek God and pray with us. And uh, we'll pray that God will just show up. Amen. And so, uh, so we're going to be believing on that freedom weekend that God will just give us some breakthroughs in every area of our lives. Some of you need a breakthrough financially. Some of you need breakthroughs relationally, right? Some of you need breakthroughs emotionally or mentally. Some of you need breakthroughs spiritually. Am I talking to the right people? Y'all are not that godly, right? That you don't need breakthroughs, huh? Come on, please somebody say you need a breakthrough like me. Amen. So I want to encourage you to just uh, register online for Freedom Weekend and get involved in prayer and fasting, okay? So God calls us to live in freedom. And uh, if you've ever been uh, called by God into his kingdom, you need to know that God called you into his kingdom to live free. And, and he wants you to live free. Galatians 5.1 says this, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. How many of you know you can be a Christian and be set free and move back into a yoke of slavery? And that's what he says. He was talking, Paul was talking to the Galatian church. He wants us to live free. Now, the very purpose God sent Jesus on the earth was so that we could live in freedom. Remember when Jesus began his public ministry, he went into the wilderness, he's led by the spirit. He fasted and prayed. Uh, he was tempted by the enemy, overcame the enemy. And the Bible says he came out of the, of the, of the wilderness full of the power of the spirit. And then he walked into the synagogue and he grabbed the, the scroll, the book of Isaiah, and he read these words in Luke 4, 17. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and he opened the book and he found the place where it was written. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. So now Jesus said, my Father anointed me. And he equipped me to do five things, to preach the gospel to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of the sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. A significant part of the ministry of Jesus, obviously, as he said, God, my Father, anointed me to bring freedom to humanity. I am so glad about that. I am, I am a recipient of some freedom in my life because of the power of the cross. Amen. How about you? Have you experienced any measure of freedom since you became a believer? Listen, Jesus was anointed to proclaim release to the captives. Now the captives are those who have been, who have lived a fractured and a shattered life. Has any of you been fractured and shattered through life? Jesus came to release us or set us free from the destructive detrimental effects of a broken and shattered life. But you know what? Jesus also anointed us to proclaim release to the oppressed. Who are the oppressed? It's those that, that, have, uh, who is, or what is oppression? It's imposed domination of another person or a group of people in order to control them, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, and worst of all, of course, is spiritually. And it stifles our aspirations and limits our potential where we can't be who God wants us to be. How many of you know God created every one of us with incredible potential? And it's the enemy that wants to usurp and he wants to stifle that potential. And he doesn't want us to be who God created us to be. Now, there are all kinds of oppression. There's governmental oppression. And that's when one, uh, when the authorities of a nation control the people under it. You know, not long ago, I went to Cuba, and Cuba is a, is an example of what it's like to be under oppression. And then there's religious oppression. When a leader, a group of people, in the name of God, impose control or domination over somebody. That's where we get the word cult from, right? And then there's economic oppression, where the rich try to exercise control or power over the poor. And then there's racial oppression. That's when we're held down because of our ethnic uh, uh, history or because of the color of our skin. And then there's domestic oppression, when a spouse uses physical force to control or dominate their spouse. And of course, there's parental oppression. When, when parents use force not to discipline children, but to hurt them or to harm them. And of course, the worst kind of oppression is spiritual oppression. And that's when the devil has his way with your life. It's the worst. Spiritual oppression is the worst kind because really, when you think about it, it's usually the root cause of all these other kinds of oppression. And it's the ability, you know, oppression has the ability to cancel or limit your divinely ordained, God-given potential. And that's what makes me want to live free and to break free and to see you get free because I want you to live your potential that God has ordained for you to live in. Amen? Now, here is the good news this morning. Jesus came to set us free from spiritual oppression. Listen, you can't get the solution to spiritual freedom at Walmart. Neither Whole Foods. 
Amen. Acts 10.38 says, You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit, with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus was anointed, right? What is spiritual oppression? Spiritual oppression is being held captive or enslaved by spiritual forces. And that's what Jesus, that's what Acts 10.38 says. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe there's a devil? Yes, there is. Jesus healed those who were oppressed by the devil. So spiritual oppression is being overwhelmed and overpowered and controlled by demonic spirits. In fact, spiritual oppression is really the spiritual enslavement and influence of demonic control. And it keeps you from being who God called you to be. And then oppression is being held captive by wicked tendencies. Isaiah 58, 6 says, Is this not the fast that I've chosen? To loosen the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and, and yet yeah, break every yoke. And so a, a part of spiritual oppression, Isaiah says, is wicked tendencies. The bands of wickedness is spiritual bondages such as evil and sinful behavior and addictions and demonic strongholds. And without realizing it, many people are living their lives controlled and enslaved by spiritual wickedness. That's why Chap has a job at Lafayette Parish Correctional Center. Because of the overreaching and overwhelming power of evil wickedness that's operating within our city. And yes, even within our churches. Can I get an amen? Wicked tendencies limit our divinely ordained potential. And I got to make this point this morning. That it's like there's, there's a winner on the inside of us. And that winner is trying to come out if we can get free from the oppression that's trying to hold us back. Amen. Oppression is living under the heavy burden or control of influence of another person or situation. You know, a biblical example is the children of Israel. Remember whenever they were in Egypt, they were oppressed and they were enslaved by Pharaoh. Remember that? The Egyptian authorities in Egypt. And you, you remember that picture, how, how the Pharaoh and the Egyptian army, how they, they oppressed them. They made them live under the control and the mistreatment and the domination of the, of the Egyptian rule. In fact, Deuteronomy 26 and 6 said the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, putting us to hard labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our fathers, fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. If you can think of oppression like, like somebody pressing you down, Israel is a picture of the lives of many people. They're living under this imposed control and mistreatment and the pressure and torment of darkness that God wants us to be set free from. They're living spiritual, as spiritual slaves. And God wants every human being to be set free from the domination and the influence of the evil one. Amen. Galatians 5. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and don't be subject again to a yoke of slavery. It's the Lord's desire. Do you believe that? And here's the reason why the Lord wants us to be free. It's spiritual oppression that keeps us from the purpose and provision of God. 
you know the scripture, you're familiar with it, John 10, 10. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come, help me finish it. Right, we know it, right? The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus reminds us that he came so that we can live an abundant life. But you know what he says? We'll never live that abundant life as long as the thief is stealing, killing, and destroying us. See, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I've come that you might have life. So we got to cancel the thief's work so we can experience God's work. Amen? It's the oppression of the enemy that kills, steals, and destroys our lives. It's the oppression of Pharaoh and the Egyptian authorities that kept them from leaving the the Egyptian rule and getting into the promised land. That was his goal. That was his promise. And listen, the promised land is a spiritual picture of where God wants us to live. He don't want us to live under the influence of a, a dominating ruler. He don't want us to live under the control of something that's more powerful than us. He doesn't want us to live beyond or underneath the privilege that he's paid such a high price for it. He doesn't want us to live in Egypt. He wants us to live in the promised land. Come on. How many of you want to live in the promised land? You see, it's spiritual oppression that keeps our relationships from thriving. It's spiritual oppression that keeps our financial situation from improving. It's spiritual oppression that keeps us from being emotionally healthy and mentally clear. Come on. It's emotion. It's oppression that keeps us from being who God called us to be. But here is some more wonderful news. Spiritual freedom is when the, is within the grasp of everyone who desires it. How many of you desire it? You see, listen, you know, in this world, in this society, in our nation, you know, we're moving further and further away from God and from godly things. And we're, we're making gods out of, we're, we're forming our own gods, but the gods that we're forming with our own, you know, my opinion is that God that we form like that, it doesn't have the power to deliver you. It doesn't have the power to set you free. We can't make another God. We got to serve the one that we've already been given. Amen. Come on. We got to give our hearts and lives to the living God that has come to set us free. Amen. And that's what Jesus said. He said, I was anointed in Luke 4, 18. He anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of the sight to the blind, and to set free those who are oppressed. God empowered Jesus. In other words, what that means, he anointed him. It means to be duly dubbed with spiritual power and authority. God duly dubbed Jesus with spiritual power and authority. He said, Jesus, I'm giving you the ability to set humanity free. I'm giving you the power to set humanity free. And so now, because we are children of God, now we have the privilege and we have the blessing of being duly set free with his spiritual power and his authority. Amen. Spiritual freedom is within the grasp of every person. That's what I love about every Sunday, every Sunday in this church and in churches across America, people receive hope. They receive the truth that sets us free. That if we will just give our hearts and submit our lives to the authority and power of Jesus Christ, there's no telling what might happen in our lives. 
Amen. Come on, there's no limitation to what God can do. I mean, he took a shepherd boy and he made him a king. And I look at that and said, man, he could take a little Cajun from Erath and no telling what he might do with him. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Amen. There's great hope. Amen. And God wants to set you free. And God wants to give you greater freedom than you've ever experienced. Because listen, I've experienced freedom, but I believe there's more. I believe God has more. Amen. I believe there's still the, the oppression of the enemy trying to hold me back and keep me from what God has for me. And I'll tell you this. I believe God is trying to do the same thing to you. He's not happy that you've just got out of jail. He wants you to, he wants you to go back to jail. He's not happy that you left Egypt. He wants you to go back to Egypt. He's not happy that you left Egypt. He wants you to live in the wilderness, but God doesn't want you to live in the wilderness. God don't want you to just get out of jail temporarily. God wants you to stay out and live out. He wants you to live your life, not in the wilderness. He wants you to live your life in the promised land of his provision and the promised land of his blessing so that you don't have to take any kind of pill to have a good day. You don't have to drink any liquid to have a good day. You have a good day because the joy of the Lord is your strength and the purpose of God is what rules and reigns in your life. Amen. 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 That's the kind of life God wants us to live. So listen, don't get satisfied. Don't be satisfied. Hey, we got a brand new year in 2019. We might have one leg in the wilderness and one leg in the promised land, but come on, let's get, let's dive in the promised land in 2019. Amen. Who knows what God has for you in 2019? So I want to encourage you today. Spiritual freedom is within your grasp if you desire it. How many of you desire it? Because I believe it begins there. It begins with a desire. And that's why I'm just, you know, hooping and hollering up here. I'm trying to convince you that you want it and that you need it and you should go after it and not settle for spiritual apathy and complacency and be satisfied. Listen, the enemy of more is being satisfied with what you got. Come on, we let's hunger and let's go after the goal for more from God. Amen? Amen. So there's two keys to experiencing spiritual freedom. The first one is this, earnestly and humbly pursue God through prayer. You don't have to pray to go to heaven. Well, you got to pray at least one prayer, right? I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness, right? But you know, you don't have to, you don't have to pray every day to go to heaven. Well, listen, if you want to live in spiritual freedom, you need to pray. You need to talk to God. You need to talk to your creator. Come on. He's not a statue that doesn't have ears to hear or eyes to see. Come on. He is a living God and he wants to have a relationship with us. First Peter 5, 6 says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I love this verse. When does spiritual oppression happen in our lives? I think it's when we quit earnestly pursuing and seeking after him. All you have to do to start losing your spiritual freedom is to quit seeking him. Quit pursuing. Are y'all hearing me out here? I, I think this is a, this is where we need to camp out. Let's pitch our tent right here for just a minute. You know, the enemy will just try to lure us into spiritual apathy. 
And he said, look, you saved, man. You're going to heaven. Kick your heels back, man, and just play your phone game. <laughs> Amen. All right, come on. Y'all help me preach this morning. But isn't it true? Whenever you read the history of Israel, he delivered them from Egypt. He did that. He raised up a deliverer, delivered them from Egypt. But why did they live so long in the wilderness? Why did, why did they go back into bondage over and over again? Because they quit pursuing the God that delivered them. And it's not just Israel. It's my tendency. And it's your tendency. As soon as we get free and life is good, we get too caught up in the good. And we forget about the God that delivered us from the good. Amen. First Peter 5, 8. Be sober. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him firm in your faith. Now, I want you to notice these verses right here, 8 and 9. Be of sober in spirit, your adversary. The devil prowls around. Peter says that right after he says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Here's what I believe Peter is saying. To keep from getting spiritually oppressed, we have to stay spiritually alert by resisting the devil. Amen? How do you resist the devil and keep him from oppressing you? By humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God through prayer. Whenever we pray, listen, anytime we take a moment to do this, there's so much power in that. There's so much power in just submitting your soul to God, submitting your heart to God. You can't see it, but there's supernatural release happening. When you kneel, whenever you humble your heart, you don't even have to kneel. But when you submit yourself to God, supernatural grace is released over your life. The kind of grace that keeps you from going back to Egypt or live in the wilderness, amen? And that's our goal, right, gang? I mean, Jesus paid too high of a price for us to temporarily leave Egypt. Come on, we want to stay out of that place, right? So 1 Peter 5, 6 says, humble yourselves in the mighty hand of God. Now, there's a condition and a promise with this verse. The condition here is humble yourself in the mighty hand of God, which means to submit yourself and put yourself under the authority of God. And the promise says he will exalt you at the proper time. Exalt means to lift up or to raise up. Man, you go down and he'll pick you up. You go down and he'll pick you up. In fact, Brother Francis wrote a book, The Way Up is Down. Amen? It's about humility. But there's no greater act of humility than we close our eyes and say, God, I need your help. You don't have to be this eloquent prayer. All you need to know is how to say, God, I need your help. How many of you know he knows how to interpret that? He don't get confused with that prayer. When we say, God, I need your help, he says, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're saying you need my help. <laughs> Amen? And how many of you know he's big enough to come to your aid and to help you? Amen? And it gets you out of where you are. Amen. So here's what God's telling us. If we humble ourselves 
by seeking him through prayer, he will lift us up and free us from the enslavement and the oppression that the enemy will try to put on us or that he has put on us. He'll deliver us. He'll set us free. He'll break the things that are holding us back and give us a release on life. And that's what Israel did. Whenever they were under the weight, the pressure, the torment of Egypt, of Pharaoh, where they were beaten, they had to work from sunup and sundown. They were slaves. They were working for nothing. They were under the control. What they did was they cried out to God. Deuteronomy 26, 6 says this. The Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, putting us to hard labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, misery, toil, and oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm with great terror and with miraculous signs and wonders. And he brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I love that story. In fact, whenever God called Moses, he said, hey, Moses, I need some help. He said, man, I hear this cry. I keep hearing this cry. The people in, of Israel, they're in Egypt. And they're in bondage. They're oppressed. They're struggling. But they keep crying out to me. I need your help. I can't ignore their cry. I got to deliver them. When we cry out to God, he hears our cry. And he'll answer our cry. And he's going to release all heaven's resources to help us get out of what we're getting. Y'all believe that this morning? Y'all believe he's a God of miracles? The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Amen? So that's why we're praying for 21 days. We're seeking the Lord. And we're saying whatever oppression, whatever, whatever influence, whatever freedom we've lost, we want it back. I want it back. How about you? And whatever freedom I haven't yet experienced, and I believe every one of us didn't arrive. I believe none of us are that free. Well, we don't need any more freedom. Amen. Because if we think that, I can tell you what you need right now. Right? You need humility. Amen. Well, come on. How many of you know God wants more? So you see, it's not because we don't have nothing else to do for 21 days. But man, the value that you get out of pursuing God far outweighs the sacrifice. Amen. So listen, I want my relationships to be healthy and whole and stay healthy and say, whole. what about you? Come on. I don't want the enemy to be stealing all my finances and robbing me. Come on. I want the Lord to watch over my finances. What about you? Come on. I, I like to be healthy. What about you? I like to stay in health, live in health, be in health. I want to live free. Amen. So first key is you got to pursue God earnestly. The second step to spiritual freedom is this, passionately pursue God through fasting. Now, you know, fasting allows a greater grace to be released over your life. Have you noticed that? How many of you ever fasted before and experienced that? Now, let me, let me just, you know, give you some bad news and some good news. The bad news is that your flesh don't want to hear this. Your flesh is screaming right now saying, well... Oh, now you're getting religious. I don't need to, I'm, 
I'm saved by grace, not by fasting. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Absolutely. But there's a greater grace. Amen. And so Isaiah 58, 6 says this. Is not this the fast that I've chosen? To loosen the bands of wickedness? To undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free? And to break every yoke? Is this not the fast I choose? God said. How many of you know when you fast, there's a release. Isaiah says fasting loosens the bands of wickedness. And listen, you know, it, you're not necessarily like, man, I was about to go rob the bank and I don't want to go rob the bank anymore. That, I mean, that's great. You know, I mean, that's good. Praise the Lord for that. You know, chap don't need more customers in Lafayette Parish Correctional Center, right? But how many of you know there's all sorts of oppression? There's all sorts of oppression. There's anger. Come on, there's lust. There's addictions. There's fear. Come on, there's all kinds. There's wicked things that try to hold us back and keep us from the privilege God has for us. We want those things broken off our life. See, fasting is a spiritual discipline that God rewards. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16, Jesus said, when you fast. He didn't say if you're going to fast. He said, when. Don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable, disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth. That's the only reward they'll ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair. Get you a comb. Wash your face. Get you a wash rag. Amen? Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. This is what I love. And your father. Who's your father? Yes, he is. Who sees everything will reward you. Y'all believe God tells the truth? Did God say, if you humble yourself with fasting, he'll reward you? Is that what you just read? Is that what I just read? How many of you believe that? Amen. See, fasting is an act of humility that attracts God's presence. In Psalm 69.10, David said, I wept and I humbled myself with fasting. Galatians 5.25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. You know what? You know who causes me more problems than anybody else on the globe? I want to tell you who he is right now. I want to tell you his name. His name is Todd. Yes, and not another Todd. You're looking at him. Our flesh. Our flesh, man. Our flesh. You can't walk by the Spirit if you're controlled by your flesh. And your flesh, if you look at Galatians 5, it'll tell you the deeds of the flesh. It's not pretty. Amen? But Galatians 5 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. How many of you know the Lord wants us to walk in the Spirit? Because walking in the Spirit keeps us free. Amen? Galatians 6, 8 says, the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Listen, Spirit-filled living is the life of blessing. And fasting 
uh, weakens our flesh so that we can live in the Spirit. Amen? Come on, are y'all with me today? Fasting is a spiritual discipline that releases us. It's a, it, it causes us to be humbled before God. I mean, you know, like if I give up a meal, it's serious. How many, how many of you can relate to that? Like if, I, if I'm going to not make a meal, I'm serious about it, right? I mean, I got serious something going on. But when you voluntarily say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my hand over my mouth. I'm going to disconnect from all the things that entertain me. And I'm going to seek you. It reverberates in heaven, saints. And God will hear our prayer. And he'll release his blessing. You don't have to fast and pray to go to heaven. You can go to heaven just by asking him to forgive your sins and by faith receiving him as, as your savior. But don't just live one step out of Egypt. Build your house in the promised land. Are y'all with me? Don't just live one step out of Egypt. And don't stop in the wilderness. Keep going into the promised land. Amen? Because they got vineyards there that you didn't plant. They got houses there that you didn't build. They got cisterns there that you didn't dig. Come on, they got grapes that you can't carry. Amen? Come on, the blessing of God, the blessing of God can't be, can't be measured in natural and practical terms. And that's what God has for each and every one of us. Amen? And if it had not been for the hand of God on some of us in this room, we would not be on planet Earth today because we'd already been taken out by the power of darkness. Amen. Thank God he's a God of freedom and he came to bring freedom to his people. Amen. So, fast. Now, there's different ways you can fast. A Daniel's fast, like, you know, you put the boudin aside, the mashes donuts. And you eat fruits and vegetables, you know, like we're supposed to eat, you know. A partial fast, like you just eat one meal a day or you skip a meal a day, a juice fast. And then, of course, there's a complete fast where you just drink water. And I don't suggest you do that unless you want to go to heaven. <laughs> I mean, for a long time, like 40 days, you can go, you know. You know, I, there was a guy in the church, he was so blessed that God had blessed him so much and he decided he was going to seek the Lord in fasting and he didn't know nothing about it. So he just like cold turkey, man, just drinking water. And, and after about four or five days, he thought he was going to see Jesus. And he said, they didn't tell me fasting was going to make me go see Jesus prematurely. You know, but seriously, like whenever you fast, your body starts, you know, there's so many natural things that happen with fasting. In secularists, Holistic people, people that that are into health and nutrition, they'll tell you one of the best things you could do is fast. In fact, I was listening. One of Brother Francis's relatives lived to 102, and he's got a, a sister that's in her 90s or whatever. And and they were telling me, you know, they 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 had portion control, <laughs> unlike me. They had portion control, and they just they they live a fasted life. And they, they lived a long time, a healthy life. And so fasting, I, I, I'm not even going to get into all the natural things. We're just focusing on being free from oppression. 
free from the pressure of the enemy, free to have, live in joy. Amen. To live, to live with peace. Come on. How much value can you put on that? To not live with anger or hatred. Come on, to live in love and to be able to love even the unlovable. Amen. Come on, I'm meddling now. Come on, I believe God wants to set us free to live that abundant life if we'll just pursue him, right? How many of you are willing to do that? So listen, today I'm calling the church to 21 days of prayer and fasting. You don't have to, you get to. Right? You don't have to tell me what you fast. I don't want to know because I don't want you to ask me. Because I might, well, let me stop there. <laughs> Come on, how many of you willing to seek the Lord? I, I really think that this is the most important sermon that I preach all year. Because of the benefit that can be. It's, this is a lot of practicum. Like, I just gave you some instruction, but it's up to you to follow through. And the thing about it is like, I'm not going to get some more notches in the handle of my gun if you fast and pray or God's going to, he's going to increase my, my mansion there in heaven if you fast and pray. But I know God is going to bless you. And as a church, to have people get saved every Sunday, to have hundreds of people commit their lives to Christ every year, wow. Amen. To see marriages stay together. To see families healthy and whole. To see God's grace and mercy being released over our lives. Man, there's no greater pleasure than to see God's people getting blessed. Amen. Not living one step out of Egypt, but having their tent pitched in the promised land. Amen. Would you do me a favor and stand with me this morning as we conclude? Joel chapter 1 and verse 14. Joel is giving a message to the children of Israel who have been living under oppression. The locusts have eaten all their crops. The enemy is pressing in on them. Every, everything around them is going bad. Their crops are failing because there's famine. There's, there's drought. They're, they're, they're in a mess. And the prophet Joel comes and he says this, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. That's what we're going to do tonight. At midnight, we're going to say, let's proclaim a fast. Amen. In verse 19, this is what Job said. The Lord will reply to them. I'm sending you grain, new wine and oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. In verse 25, then I will make up to you for the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the creeping locusts, the stripping locusts, and the gnawing locusts, my great army which I sent among you. You will have plenty to eat and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. Then my people will never be put to shame. Joel says, if we will seek the Lord, God's going to hear our prayer and he's going to return unto us what the locusts have eaten. Come on, the things that the enemy might have stolen from you in 2018. It's time to give Give it back in 2019. Amen. Come on. What, what the enemy has stolen. Come on. What we have lost. It's time for the enemy. Come on. The blessing of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray together. Father in heaven.
We ask you for the grace to pray, the grace to seek you, the grace to make you a greater priority in our life, Lord. Father, I pray that this morning, that Lord, you would stir our hearts, give us a hunger, give us a thirst, give us a passion. Lord, give us a desire, Lord, to pursue you, to seek you with all our heart. And Lord, it is you that said, if you seek me, you will find me. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Lord, it is you that said, Lord, if we humble ourselves under your mighty hand, that you will exalt us and lift us up. Thank you, Father, for the promise of your word. I pray the grace of God over Family Life Church for the next month, Lord, that you would give us the grace to seek you, to pursue you. And I pray the spirit of freedom and liberty be released over this house Lord like never before I pray in the mighty and in the strong majestic name of Jesus I pray and everybody that agreed shouted and said amen and amen and amen amen if you need prayer we'll be up here to pray but please just bow your head one more second just as I was getting ready to close just then, I just felt to just a tug of my heart. There's somebody here today. You've been living in Egypt. You've been living in the wilderness. And you're tired of living your life that way. Jesus said, I came to set you free. All you have to do is put your faith and your trust in Him. Your sins keep you from, from walking in the promised land, from living in His blessings. But the good news is that we've all sinned and fall short. And the other good news is that Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood so we could be forgiven and we could receive eternal life. With your heads bowed, I don't want to embarrass you, but I want to, I want to pray for you. If you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I feel like today is the day for me to surrender my life to Christ, to give my heart to Jesus. Would you pray for me? Just lift your hand. Just lift your hand. And I want to pray for you. Thank you. I see your hand. That's worth it right there. Anybody else? Just hold your hand up. Just hold your hand and I want to pray for you. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. I see your hand way back here. Thank you. Come on, let's pray together. We're going to pray together as a family. Pray with me and say this to the Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, for shedding your blood so I could be free from the power of sin. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I repent. I want to live my life for you. Help me, Lord, to change my life. I ask you to forgive me, to give me a fresh start, and help me to live free, spiritually free. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now listen, those of you that raised your hand and just pray that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Amen. Again, we don't want to embarrass you, but if you will just take the time to fill that card out in the pew that said, I made a decision and just bring it to the info center. We got a gift for you, a Bible if you need it, just as a token of, of our appreciation for you being here and to help you grow in your journey. Now listen, if you need information on prayer and fasting, I encourage you to go to our church app 
or go into the lobby. We have resources there just to help you, just to encourage you so that you can pursue God. Amen. God bless you. Happy New Year to you. Have a wonderful 2019. You're dismissed.